Hi. Hey. What's up? Oh, you know, everything. <laughs> Nothing. We're back. We're, we are back after only a couple of weeks this time. Though. Oh, my God. Who would have thunk? There is no, like, four or five months in between. No. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. That's nice. So, how's life? Life is life. It's boring. Doing a lot of knitting. Watching a lot of Netflix. Started watching season two of The Crown, which is mm. great. I started watching Godless. Oh, I wanted to see that. Not bad so far. Um, it's actually pretty good. Did you ever watch Nurse Jackie? I watched like two or three seasons of Nurse Jackie. So the one other nurse that was like kind of like the more frumpy nurse. The more frumpy nurse? Like <laughs> the, the the girl that was always like following her around like a puppy and I, shit? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, like the happy one? Yeah, okay, she, gotcha. she's in it. And she kind of plays a badass. Oh, really? Is, yeah. That's totally refreshing. Cool. Yeah. Um, and then I watched all of Mindhunter. I still have not finished that. Yeah. It, I, it got a lot of hype, and I was so excited, and I was just like, yeah, Mindhunter, and I finally got around to watching it, and I was a little bit let down. You know, I feel like, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know if it's just, like, the style of the way television has been going, but I've been having a hard time finding things that keep my interest. I'm having a, I feel like, I don't know, maybe it's just where I'm at in my life. I just, I don't know, I guess I just feel like things are just too hyped up or too corny or you know what I mean? Or, yeah, I don't know. My thing is, is if, if it's way too hyped up, then I get really excited about it. I just, I try not to. Right. I try to go into it with no expectations, but I can't help it. I think that's, you know, a big yeah. part of my personality. And with how hyped up Mindhunter was, and I get it from, like, a psychological point mm -hmm. as far as the whole series goes. That's incredible because they made a lot of, like, incredible discoveries and, you know, things like that. But I think I was expecting more action from serial killers. And they, you know, hinted on a few things about Dennis Rader. And I was mm -hmm. hoping by the end of the season they'd go more into they'd it. They'd go more into it. But Maybe I think that's, that's like going to be a season, segue. Yeah, I think that's going to be more of a season two thing because, you know, it's like they're learning more and more and more about, like, you know, the mind of a serial killer and, you know, the different kinds of serial killers. And um, as these things are coming out, Dennis Rader is like, huh, how can I keep myself from not being caught? Yeah. Which, like I said, could be a season two thing. But I just, I don't think it lived up to the hype that I was looking forward to. Gotcha. Hey, do you think we should introduce ourselves again? I just realized we just started fucking talking. <laughs> oh my god, I don't think we've introduced ourselves in a couple oh, yeah. of episodes. I don't know. Okay, well, I'm Kristen. I'm Brittany. Yes, and this is our podcast. Uh, it's called, uh, what is it? Oh yeah, All Things Strange. So we like strange shit. And uh, anyway, sorry. So, yeah. And for once, we're like recording this, like, not in the evening or at night, so yeah, it's a, it might be a little bit of a different dynamic. I am here. fucking dragging ass today too. Like I have so much, um, just lots of stuff going on because of the holidays, and I don't want to deal with it. So I'm just dragging ass. Like I'm feeling tired. It's so. weird though because I'm like exactly the opposite because I got shit accomplished this morning. Fuck man, you want to come to my house and get some shit accomplished? Because <laughs> no. I got things to do. No, because I already burned myself. I got like all of the breakfast cooked for the week. Well, you're welcome to burn yourself at my house, Brittany. No thanks. And then I did like dishes four times. 
Um, made sure all the animals were all taken care of, mm-hmm. things like that. Ariel got her a bowl of cereal, and then she went out and played with her friends for long. I haven't even brushed her hair yet today, Man. so she's looking a mess. But it's like, I got stuff done today, and now I can go watch football, sit on my ass, and knit. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to... I have some things to do. So while you're watching football, I'll be on the computer doing some shit. But I'll shit. be knitting, too. So, and there's the stockings right there that I've been working on. Which, so I wish you guys could see these because Brittany, Brittany's craft, her, <laughs> her medium is yarn crafts and she's fucking awesome. And I designed those like myself. They're really cute. <laughs> I love them. Like wow. I didn't go off of a pattern. The only thing I did was I Googled on how to do the heel and how to do the toe. Mm-hmm. And obviously my counts don't match up perfectly to, you know, whatever I find on Google. So I They're made just, with love. They are made with love and I worked really hard on them. They're fucking awesome. Brittany. And then I have charts, you know, to go through and do like a duplicate stitch on for like these vintage looking snowmen. And oh, then, and like, then you're gonna yeah, I'm going to mm-hmm. go ahead and stitch them on there once I get it all done. And then um, between these two white lines here, I'm going to put their names. I love it. So I've got two more to make, possibly three more to make, depending. And then they'll be good to go. Oh, and I'm going to line them with fabric, like I told you earlier, to help them keep her, keep their shape. Because mm-hmm. it stretches out over time. Yeah, it oh, does. and I have to remember, I have to make the little hangy things that go on the backs of them. Because I keep forgetting about those. Like that, yeah, I have but to make you don't want to attach that to here. You want to attach that to the fabric. Exactly, the it's actually going to go through the so yarn and fabric. You'll so remember at the yeah. end. I hope so because I'm a very forgetful person. Well, when do you need me to send you a text? I'll set a reminder on my phone. <laughs> I have no idea. Okay. I'll let you know when I'm done with the fourth one. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> or when I'm done with the, all of the duplicate stitch and haven't hit the fabric yet. All right. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so we're going to be talking about Australia stuff today. Yeah. Because um, we have one listener and... <laughs> Our most devoted listener, M from Perth. <laughs> yes, and she um, had a specific request. She did. Yes, and so we, Brittany and I actually uh, thought about possibly just looking it up and then having a conversation about it, but ultimately we decided that one of us would do what M had requested, which is the Azaria Chamberlain mystery or murder <laughs> the dingo ate my the, baby the dingo ate my baby yeah story and then Brittany would come up with another which i did mm-hmm. which i know has been talked about many 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 times before yeah but do you want to go first this time or do you think i should i have no fucking clue i'm feeling pretty open about this whole thing or we can just fucking talk about life for a minute because <laughs> you know whatever but you know what we we very well could um, honestly, it doesn't matter to me who goes first. Okay, well, we already talked about, uh, we already told everybody what my shit is, so that's what we'll maybe go into. And, um, M, this is for you. So, um, <laughs> she specifically asked, uh, us to kind of cover the Azaria Chamberlain, um, it will, it's, it was tragic because she was a nine-week-old baby who passed away, and it was done in, it's just, uh, oh, fuck. All right, let's just get into it. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Ah! Oh, my goodness. Just get going. While it's I the stress. I'm just throwing things. Okay, so <clears throat> this happened, let's see here. She, it, it was in 1980. Okay, so, so that's pretty recent. 
Like, yeah. Well, I mean, this girl would have only been a couple years older than me if she were to live. Mm-hmm. And she passed away. Her name was Azar- Azaria Chamberlain. And uh, if I'm saying that wrong, because I'm not Australian, I'm super duper American. Um, yeah, that looks right. Okay. Cool. Yeah, so she was only nine weeks old, so she was just over two months old, and she was killed by a dingo. So a dingo is a wild dog. Yep. That lives in Australia, and it's a really weird name, (coughs) and it's a dog that's wild. (laughs) In Australia. (laughs) I don't know what to say about it. It's a a dingo is a dingo. It's it's like a hyena? Kind of. Like an Australian hyena? Sure. I don't know. I'm... I've never seen a dingo. Maybe they were all the same thing during Pangea. Oh. Maybe. Maybe. That's what I'm saying. Like. It's like. Okay. Pangea. It's like our coyotes. Right? See. Yeah. Think about that shit. Like how did we get like similar species of things? Like why do we have wolves yeah. in Europe and in America? That I know. It they come over. Pangea, man. That, that, no. They come over that on that bridge. spot between like um, Australia and Alaska. That's mm-hmm. only like 10 miles up, like across. They just swim. They're like. Fuck you, Russia. We're going to America. <laughs> Interesting fact. Can I tell you this really quick? Yeah. Okay, so um, and there is a Polynesian culture. I wish I could tell you exactly what island they were from. I want to say it was like the start of the Polynesian culture. Like um, how, how they had discovered the island. What they did was there was a tribe and they were a seafaring tribe and they lived. They on- were voyagers. <laughs> No, I'm sorry. No, that works. It's like a Moana thing. Like, okay, that's cool. Real quick, the to heart of the you. ocean. <laughs> it's fine. Um, so, Ariel went through a phase where she watched Moana like four times a day, every day. Which I can never fucking say right. By the way, it's always like Moana. No, it's Moana. It's Mo- come on, get Moana. With Moana. Mo- Anyways, so I was watching how it's made, and they were talking about the boats that they the what are they called? Um, Catamarans or. No, is, really? is that the word? No, how no, about a the, kayak? No, it's not a kayak because it has it, the floating thing on the side makes it a little bit different, and it's oh. a wider boat. A flat, a floaty. I, I want to say it's a catamaran. Floaty. I really want to say. Whammy, 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 whammy. Anyways, so like I'm laying in bed, I'm kind of drunk at this point because like I had a bad day, and I start what they start this like segment. They're talking about these boats, and they're like. The Polynesians used to use it and then blah, 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 because they were, like, seafarers and blah, blah, blah. Like, they were voyagers! <laughs> like, <laughs> I had were? a field day. I, like, kind of woke up Mark in the middle of that. Well, I'm going to totally fuck this up. But okay. no, it's true. That, that this yeah. supports what I'm saying. Yeah. There was a tribe, and it was another island tribe, and I think it was, like, South, like, Asian, like, South Pacific tri- tribe. Oh, my God. I'm... I'm going to get a fucking email. I don't even care. I'm going to say what I think I know. Okay. Say what you think you know. And um, so what they did was they would pay attention, obviously, to like the stars. Uh And there was one particular star and they wanted to know where it went. And so whenever it came out every single year, what they would do is they would jump in their catamaran. Boat. Boats, which reminds me of like Zatarans. Which is like New Orleans rice, but whatever. It's delicious. It's fucking catamarans. Oh my god! So, so they would jump in their little boat thingies, uh-huh. and they would paddle, <clears throat> and until they got to the point <clears throat> where the star would disappear, and then they would go back home. And then the next year, they would go out to the point that they last saw the star, wait for the star, and then keep paddling until the star disappeared, and then go home. And they did this. 
for many, many years until they discovered the Hawaiian Islands. Oh and my that's gosh. how a civilization came to live on the Hawaiian Islands. That's really cool. It's like, fucking amazing. That's also fucking dedication Dude. like none other. Like realistically, you're doing nothing but chasing a star. Well, I think that they were just flat earthers and they were looking for the end of the world. Oh my God. <laughs> they didn't have rockets then. <laughs> I saw this tweet that somebody put, like, sent to the Flat Earth Society or whatever they're called. And they're like, but what about Mars? Is that flat, too? And they're like, no, we have no proof of Mars being flat. And I'm like, you have no proof of the Earth being flat. Like, get out. I don't, I just don't understand the concept. Like, uh, okay, those, if you're a flat earther, congratulations. That's great for you, but no. No. Don't come at us with your propaganda because, because we have science. no use for it. No. Oh my god, people are ridiculous. So yeah, I'm thinking that they were just flat earthers and they ended up discovering Hawaii. So there's something that good came well, out of flat earth. There was no reason for them to not believe the earth was flat, mm-hmm. you know, that they couldn't reach these destinations, like a star, see where it went. But like nowadays, it's like... That's an interesting concept. Do you think that they were trying to actually search for a star, like to like catch the star? Because the star would have never gotten bigger the closer they got to it. Or do you think they were just following it because they wanted to see where it went? I think they were following it because they wanted to see where it went. Hmm. Because, I mean, they see these things at night, you know, all of these stars. But during the day, it's like all of a sudden they're gone. Mm-hmm. And they have to have, like, some sort of, like, understanding between, you know, night and day. And the fact that you probably can't see the stars during the day because of the sun. But, but you can see the moon. You can see the moon. So where do the stars go if the moon's still there? Shine bright like a diamond. Oh my god. And I don't like her. So I just vomited in my mouth a little bit. Well, that's great. That Say was goodbye my goal. to Riri. Say goodbye to her. Bye, Riri. <laughs> you must renounce your faith in Riri. Dude, I do not have any faith I know, in Riri. I don't have any faith in I'm you. not a... Ugh. I, okay, so I was listening to some of our old podcasts. I don't like a lot of people. No, you really <laughs> I don't. Really don't. It's like I just form an opinion and I'm just like... Yeah, not a fan. No. No, I'm good. Yeah, that's fine. You're allowed to hate people. Just like I hate people. Mainly flat earthers. <laughs> and Tom Cruise. Oh my mm-hmm. god. Although I do want to see that movie The Mummy by Tom Cruise. I think I'm going to watch that tonight. You know why? Because no. I like ancient Egypt shit. So do I. Oh my god. I found this um, Twitter page and it's um, pictures of like like historical things uh-huh. so like they'll have historical figures like doing shit um just interesting pictures or like that i said they had this picture of a bracelet that they found in king tut's tomb and it's one of the most amazing pieces oh my of God. art what's it called i'm following out shit i don't right know now. i have to look at twitter um <laughs> should, I, should i tell them my recent twitter finds yes <laughs> well oh wait i don't know because we did kind of just say we weren't going to discuss religion too much That's on here. True. Never mind. Okay. I'll retweet it if anybody is interested. But I'm, you know. <laughs> it's pretty I mean, amazing. I've had a great time on Twitter lately. I love Twitter. Um, I am still, still hoping, or not hoping, but thinking that I should copyright Twatter. You should copyright Twatter. It's like Twitter for porn. Yeah. Or like Ashley Madison. Hmm. Whatever, it's still twatter. Twatter is good. I like twatter, but Ashley Madison kind of takes it a little too far because that's just basically where husbands go to cheat on their wives. Well, women would go there too. Women get to sign up for free. Did you know that on Ashley Madison? Really? Yeah. 
At least that's how it used to be. They got to Well, they don't free. let women sign up for free on FarmersOnly.com. We found that out when we, we were drunk. We did find that out when we were drunk. Who Neither was it? eHarmony. Didn't, didn't we try to sign up Mark? <laughs> we did. So we could see the type of people that were on FarmersOnly.com. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so funny. Anyways, back to uh, here. Okay. Your story here. Poor baby. Poor baby. So the dingo ate her baby. Which is awful like i can't even imagine and by the way i was listening to a little clip a few minutes ago of meryl streep's uh, version of an australian accent i fucking love meryl streep and i'm so but it's like honey decidedly disappointed in that performance (laughs) it was so bad it was so bad i fucking love meryl streep though she's a goddamn queen she really is a queen like i mean if you look and i'm just gonna you know go through recent movies here but like if you look at Devil, devil wears prada Oh, I love and, that movie. Oh, I know, right? But she's, like, got, like, she holds herself with that authority. It's not that she acts it. She, like, she is it. She is it. Like, that's She her. is Miranda. She is. Mm-hmm. Anyways. And then you look at, you know, when she did Mamma Mia, and she's just so, you know, carefree. Not Well, not carefree, but she's, like, more I of a free spirit. I never actually watched Mamma Mia. Oh, my God. And we're doing an Australian show. Ugh. I'm sorry, ABBA fans in Australia. I love Mamma Mia. Ariel actually Madeline loves, loves Mamma, Mamma Mia. Mia. Like Madeline would watch it at like her friends' houses, and I was like, "Good for you." Yeah, <laughs> it's I don't really need good. to see it because it's like she's very like energetic, and you know, mm-hmm. like she's amazing, amazing. She's an incredible, incredible actress, and I fucking love her. She's definitely in top five. I think I have something in my eye. That's cool. Why are you getting out? I'm going. I'm going to talk yep, about Azaria, poor little baby. For little baby Azaria. Okay, so we're going to go through this. Um, so she was killed by a dingo, and um, I got a lot of my information from Wikipedia, and then also <laughs> from um, the, the Herald Sun. Herald? Herald? Herald. I know, but it's Herald. I know, I know how it's spelled. Like it's an Herald. angel. Hark the Herald. Her- I guess it is Herald. It is Herald. Hark oh the Herald. <laughs> you know what I think your problem is, is the fact that Madeline's bunny name, bunny's name is Herald, and it's H-A-R-E-O-L-D. Yes. <laughs> That's, that can confuse you a little bit. Okay. So. Anyways. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> so she was killed by a dingo on the night of August 17th, 1980, and she, no. they were on a family camping trip in, um, it's called... Ayers Rock, and the traditional uh, Aboriginal name for it is Uluru, and it's in the Northern Territory. And her parents, their names are Lindy and Michael Chamberlain, they reported that she'd been taken uh, from their tent by a dingo, and Lindy was tried for the murder, and she spent more than three years in prison. Jeez. Yeah, for it. And it later she was released when a piece of the baby's uh, clothing was found near a dingo lair. Yeah, it's fucking shitty. And one of the things when she was, um, when she was sent to prison, she was heavily pregnant. Oh, no. And the baby was taken for her from her in prison. Where'd it go? Not prison? I don't know. <laughs> Like, who has the baby? I don't know. I didn't face stock so it. Sad. I know. It's it was fucking it's terrible. I didn't see I don't think I knew that part. Like I'm sure I've heard that part, but mm-hmm. I don't think it retained. Mm-hmm. Um I actually only really found that in one article that they really talked really? about it. But it's almost like they're kind of glossing over the injustice that these people went through. Yeah. 
it's it's pretty fucking it's pretty horrible so basically this is what happened so hold on <laughs> oh my gosh you can find it okay so what happened okay so basically they said that the baby was taken from their tent by a dingo and eaten or killed or whatever mm-hmm. it was and what australia or the crown as they call it which is all right, that's cool. Whatever. The queen and all that. Um, they allege that uh, Lindy had cut the baby's throat, Azaria's throat, and in the front seat of their family car. And then they said that she hid the baby's body in a large camera case. She then, according to the proposed reconstruction of the crime, rejoined the group of campers around a campfire and fed one of her sons a can of baked beans before going to the tent and raising the cry that a dingo had taken the baby. So, whoa, like, whoa, yeah, okay, but. Where's the evidence for all of that? Like that's that's just it. They didn't really have a whole lot, so like they were just like crap shooting, and that's what sounded the best, and so that's what they went with. That's what sounded the best. Yes, like I'm gonna fucking kill my baby, stuff it in a camera bag, and then go see like calmly feed my son's dinner. Yeah. Okay. And that's if you're gonna like kill your baby in the front seat of the car, that's a mess. Yeah, right? I know. I thought about that too. Like, yeah, that is so far-reaching mm-hmm. that it would probably be a lot easier to say, like, I had this bucket of water and I drowned my baby in it first. Yeah, you know, that would be so much easier to say. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, sorry. Anyways, no, it's bad. <laughs> That's really fucked up. No, it really is. Like the situation that they came up with. So is what they're ridiculous. saying is well, <clears throat> how they're saying is that. So the baby's, like, supposedly in this camera bag, right? Uh And they're saying that while people were looking and searching for the baby, that's when she disposed of the body. (sighs) But still, it doesn't... Yeah, I agree. It would be a huge mess if you're slitting slitting anybody's throat. It's a mess. You know, that's a huge artery. I mean, do these people think that babies don't have blood? Because let me assure you, they do. (laughs) Bloodless babies. You know that little test that they have to get where they already get all the blood out of their feet mm-hmm. it's terrifying i don't like that it took so that much. was one of my first motherly instincts when um madeline had to get like her first shots and they had to like do all her stuff mm-hmm. uh when she started crying that's when my heart lurched I-, I had a hard time after madeline was born and that was like one of my first real like motherly instincts to yeah. kick in um not that i didn't have them i just was i had a rough time yeah i had a know? rough time afterwards too but it's like it was like the very next day or no it was the same day excuse me yeah i think my was just like, like two days later five or six hours after i just had her mm-hmm. and they're coming and they're like okay well we have to make sure she's she's asleep so that we can do the hearing test and i'm mm-hmm. like okay that's fine and they're like, well, now we have to take all this blood out of her foot. Like, and, yeah, and you're like, like excuse me. What? And I'm yeah. like, first off, she's sleeping. She's a newborn baby. Let her fucking sleep. But like the amount of blood that they have to get out of her, I was like, are it's you pretty taking traumatic. all of it? My birth experience was pretty traumatic <clears> in, its own, in, in of its own. And then, so I just, it was just a rough, yeah, rough time. But we made th- we made it through. Yeah. It was, it was good. <laughs> Okay, so anyway, poor Zaria, babies, uh, babies are hard. Um, so the key evidence that they had supporting this allegation was the jumpsuit, as well as highly contentious, as well as a highly contentious forensic report claiming to have found evidence of photal hemoglobin in stains. Hemoglobin. Um, it's hey H A E oh. hemoglobin. And, I think that's and, how the Australians spell it. Well, it's it's a certain type. 
Oh, okay. That's only found in infants six months or younger. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I don't know if it's, it, like you said, if it's like a term that just, that they use in Australia, but because it's uh, a scientific term, I'm thinking it's probably Latin, so maybe there's like some sort of difference maybe. or something I think the about blood. the way, like, I know, like, in Britain, they spell some things a little bit differently. Like shop with an E? Yeah, exactly. You know, just, you know, things like that. And so I like, because, you you know, we don't spell things like that Mm -hmm. in America. That's not what we're used to. So I just contributed. No, I think that's, I think it's a fair assessment because I don't fucking know what I'm talking about. Well, as long as you think it's it's fair. I don't know. I didn't go to college. (laughs) Whatever. I went to the College of Wikipedia. Hell yeah. (laughs) Anyways. So Lindy, so she was questioned about the garments that Azaria was wearing and she claimed that the baby was wearing, it's called a matinee jacket, which I don't fucking know what that is. It was the 80s. There's probably something hideous. Like a members only jacket? (laughs) Yes. It was a members only jacket that the baby wore over a jumpsuit. I'm Googling the jacket (laughs) Okay, quick. Um, But the jacket was not found when the other garments were found. Um, she was also questioned about the fact that Azaria's singlet, which was inside the jumpsuit, was inside out. And she said that she never put a singlet on her babies inside out, and she was most particular about this. Um, the statement conflicted with the state of garments they were collected as they were collected for evidence, and the garments had been arranged by the investigating officer for a photograph. So, um, they're, so they're saying that the clothes were not found the way that they wanted them to be found, is kind of how I'm reading it. Um, so eyewitness, so in her defense, so eyewitness evidence was presented of Dingwood having been seen in the area on that same evening that the baby Mm -hmm. went missing and all witnesses claimed to believe the Chamberlain's story. And one witness who was a nurse also reported have having heard a baby's cry after the time when the prosecution alleged that Azaria had been murdered. So a nurse, an eyewitness like heard Mm -hmm. a baby crying like out in the middle of like nowhere yeah and they were like mm, whatever you're hearing things. it's just a baby maybe it's a baby dingo um so i googled this matinee jacket right mm-hmm. it came up with as a suggested search term i put in matinee jacket and then one of the search terms was matinee jacket azaria oh i found it cool let me see it no i don't want to see the actual jacket fuck yeah, it's a so lot of blood, dude. Basically, what I can gather, it's just like a knit little... Yeah, like a little swingy... Oh, yeah. Okay, so it's yeah. the little two buttons on the top, and it's swingy. Yeah. Yeah, like so what boxy. a lot of babies would wear. Or Jackie-O. Yeah, or Jackie-O. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Little pillbox hat. Did you see that Jackie movie with Natalie Portman? I have not, and I want to. It is amazing. Is it? Yeah. That whole um, family is fucking interesting right. as shit. Anyways... Okay, so... <clears throat> oh, but this is literally, like, the jacket that they found before. Yeah, so it was yeah. like they found one that was in good condition and they... No, 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 like, this is what it looked like. Right, that's what I'm saying. They oh, found okay. it, like, they went to Sears and bought the same one the baby was wearing or whatever it was. So Maybe. it was like, homemade. Yeah. It's really cute. It is really cute. The second version, not the first. Just remind me never to put that on any baby ever. Okay. It's too sad. That's fucking terrible. I did not... I didn't... That jacket you showed with all the blood was bad. Yeah. There that was kind of fucked lot. with me. Actually. Anyways. <clears throat> so, anyway. So, this... So, nobody believed that this dingo took this baby. And it was... Oh, God. How long was it later? So, I think it was... Let's see. We'll get to it. 
So essentially, so the jacket was missing Mm -hmm. and it was later found, (laughs) like, I want to say a couple years later, uh, the jacket was found. And by this time, the baby, like, obviously the baby was gone and there was a lot of theories at the time, um, on the news reports, they were talking about, um, because they were, they went camping. It wasn't just the mom and dad and baby. There was also two other little boys there uh-huh. as well. And they, they were saying, so Aiden, who was six and Reagan, who was four. So they're young kids. Yeah. And they were saying that, uh, people in general were saying that there was a possibility that one of the boys had done something to the baby and that Lindy was covering for the boys. Um, six and four. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not convinced. So anyway, Aiden, he eventually did hear about those rumors, and he had he had some major issues later in life. Oh, I bet he it. did. Like you're just a little kid, and then all of a sudden, you know, later on, you find out that people are talking about you like that. Like, yeah, it's really shit. I would have a hard time. Let's see. So. Oh, it was like fucking six years later. That they found the jacket? Yes. So it was in early 1986. It was an English tourist named David Brett. Um, and he fell to his death from the from Luru during an evening climb. And because of the vast size of the rock and the scrubby nature of the surrounding terrain. It was eight days before the Brett's remains were discovered, lying below the bluff where he had lost his footing and in an area full of dingo layers. As police searched the area looking for missing bones that might have been carried off by the dingoes, they discovered a small item of clothing. Aww. It was quickly identified as the crucial missing <clears throat> piece of evidence from the Chamberlain case, Azaria's missing matinee jacket. So somebody had to die because when I think of Australia, when I think of, um, I think of Australia as just being very like low in population. I could be totally wrong, but not in all the population that I think of, I know there's some like in the center of But most the of it's concentrated along the coast. Like exactly. All the coast. Because it's, when I think of its terrain, I think of it as being very desolate, Hostile. unforgiving, um, dangerous, like mm-hmm. people, like you can get fucking hurt and you can get hurt bad oh, while yeah. you're out there. Um, I also think of, um, some pretty, not really scary, some scary animals. Just, I just feel like there, it, it's just a very hostile region. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and beautiful, <laughs> I'm sure. But... I'm, yeah, I'm sure it's absolutely gorgeous. My biggest fear if I ever go to Australia is actually not anything out in the outback. It's the fucking magpies during nesting season. Really? Yeah, because they will dive bomb you and attack you if you come anywhere near a tree they're nesting they really? have signs in a lot of places really yeah like and it's warm over there right now like yeah, I know. so i wonder uh does like i always wonder about like their christmas decorations <laughs> you know is there a lot of snow involved in the decorations like so, do they pretend like there's snow in the middle of fucking summer or one of my does santa wear a lot of like Grass skirts. <laughs> I, well, I was thinking, like, Bermuda shorts, but yeah. Oh, maybe. One of the documentaries I watched on my story, they were like, and then it was, like, this day, which was, like, the last day of of spring going into summer, and I was, it was, like, in something October. in no, It was in November, and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait. Oh, this is Australia. I forgot. Seasons are switched. But it was, like, that was really strange to hear. It's it's by the northern and southern hemispheres where it's switched, right? Correct. I don't know. So yeah, so everything yeah. like in so Europe is most of Europe, all of Europe is north of in the northern equator. Yeah. We're in the northern equator. Um, 
So our some that's why our traditions yeah. are still snowy. And snowy, yeah, yeah. They're all very similar. You okay over there? Yeah. Okay. My knees. My knees not happy. <laughs> So this is, um, so the rest of my stuff is from the Herald Sun. Uh-huh. And, uh, <laughs> you said it wrong again. Herald? Herald? Herald Sun. Fucking angels. <laughs> God damn it, I'm tired. <laughs> you said Herald with such confidence. Like, yeah, I got it fucking right. I fucking did like, it this time. No, already. you didn't. I did it. No, I didn't. I fucked up. Anyway. Again. What else? Okay, so this is the, this is kind of a sad fact. So... This article starts off with uh, talking about how the tragedy of her short life, it filled 220 boxes in the labyrinth of underground storage in the National Library of Australia and counting. And it is, there's another, um, the only other thing to come close to that many boxes being filled was Manning Clark. Um, No, it's not. Motherfucker. (laughs) Hold on. Did you cross it out? I might have. Oh, man. Well, there's only one other, like, really, like, uh, prominent case um, that has filled not kind of close to that many boxes, and it was only, like, 198. Huh. I don't see 198 anywhere right on this page. Oh. Um. Yeah, see, Manny Clark, it was. See, I was right. I need to just learn to trust myself. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, he was enough. He was a historian. Not that I give a fuck about him, but okay. But still, oh, that's a lot of boxes. Way to go, Manning Clark, for being outshined by a poor baby's death. Yes. <laughs> I'm not going to elaborate. <laughs> Just that's how it is. Oh my god, the look on your face. Like I yes. tried to. It's like, bitch, you want to question me? Because I don't fucking know. So okay. go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Oh, God. Okay, so this just kind of does like a quick little recap, the um, article. And basically, I need to work on my storytelling skills. I'm terrible at jokes and terrible at stories. So maybe I'm not good at podcasting either. You're fine. It's something to (laughs) reevaluate. This is how you get practice. Yes, that's right. We're practicing. Because I really suck at it, too. So basically, the... um, these poor people, they went through so much shit. And in 1984, there was a Gallup poll about, uh, and they quizzed the Australian people. And the question was, do you believe that Mrs. Lindy Chamberlain is guilty or not guilty in the baby Azaria murder charge? And the response was 76.8% believed she was guilty. Oh my God. And only 31.8% believed you know she what should probably, be pardoned. Well, you know what probably didn't help was that fucking defense. Right. Or the prosecution. Mm-hmm. Like, that story that they came up with. I mean, it's, you know, back then it was a lot harder to do any sort of research on anybody and be able to, you know, make your own decisions from there. So it was very much like a herd type mm-hmm. thing. It's like, oh, yeah, the, all of these people think it, so I have to think it, too. So, you like, know? a mob in- mentality? Yeah, know? like a mob mentality. And I'm sure that the media didn't help either in what, you know... Because, obviously, the media wants justice for this poor little baby who's, you know, now dead. Mm-hmm. So, they were, like, painting this awful picture of her. Well, also, um, remember how we were talking about how desolate the Australian... Um, yeah. Na- how... It- the Outback. What, is it the Outback? Is yeah. the Outback, like, a particular spot? Oh, I think it's just, like... 
it's like this many square miles here in the middle, or no, is it like an actual like, like the outback? I think that's just what they call it, just the outback. They're going on a walk a boot. In the outback. Because <laughs> the dingo ate my baby. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> so, I, well, what I'm trying to say is that because it's, like, still, like, a relatively... It's such a huge, vast, com- complex place. Yes. That in 1980, most Australians, they only knew of Ayers Rock from postcards huh. um, sent sent by, you know, retired people who relatives, were Relatives, yeah. yeah, or whoever that would send them stuff. Um, <clears throat> or from a handful of richer schoolmates returned from the year trip, year 10 trip. Uh, much of white Australia was not to apply the name Uluru to the place until 13 later, 13 years later. Huh. Yeah. Cause that was just like the Aboriginal thing. Yes. Yeah. And they were like, you, that's our word. You can't say that. I don't know. Kinda I don't like know. in Star, Star Trek. I don't or know what Star, the state Star Wars. of the Aborigines people are, um, in Australia. And this sounds kind of political. Yeah, it does. Um, I'm sure that their native culture has been somewhat decimated by the white people. Just yeah, yeah. people settling in and um, Western society taking over, just like majority of the world. Yeah, just so, like it was here with the Native Americans, mm-hmm. and you know, yeah. So with the Mayans, I think that'd be interesting to know, but I think that anything that we would know at this point would just be opinions. Yeah. So we'd have to get cure both sides of it. We could, you know, um, time travel. We could maybe like smoke a peace pipe and play the didgeridoo and fucking A and then be enlightened. What? Heck yeah. I would do that. Yeah. I would do that. My friend has a didgeridoo. I used to have one. That's way cool. I are rain it. sticks there a thing? Rain sticks? I'm not sure. I don't know if cool. those came from Australia or, or somewhere just, like, else. Some cheap we know nothing shit. about Australia, apparently. No, I know Crocodile Dundee had a really big knife. Um. Okay, so the story... And I was watching Real Housewives from Melbourne <laughs> for a minute. <laughs> okay, so the story of like the guy that inspired Crocodile Dundee is actually pretty fucking sad. Like... It's it's really sad. I thought you were going to say pretty fucking cool, and then you went with the word sad, and then it no, freaked me really out. No, it's really sad. So this guy gets lost in the Outback for, I think it was something around 96 days, mm-hmm. which at that point, he's lost in the Outback. You kind of think he's dead and not coming back. But he comes back, and he has all these stories about it, and that inspires the uh, character for Crocodile Dundee. And then, of course, these movies are made, and they're like a huge deal. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I want some royalties for this because it's my fucking stories. You know, you base your character off of me. He lost the lawsuit, got into drugs, and died in a police shootout. Really? Yeah. That's fucking terrible. Yeah, absolutely awful because he should have gotten royalties for that. You want to hear an Australian story that I know? Okay. Okay. So this um, guy, he just thought... He was a farmer, uh-huh. had never, like, he's just doing his fucking thing, and they decided that they were going to have, like, one of their first uh, marathons in Australia, and he's like, I can fucking do that. And so he pu- shows up to the marathon, he signs up for it, he shows up, and he's wearing, like, his work boots and, like, his fucking overalls and shit, and uh-huh. then he's surrounded by, like, all these really serious runners. Uh-huh. I have no idea what year this is. I'm imagining the 70s. Uh-huh. And he fucking did the entire marathon in his boots. <laughs> And I think he may have placed. Oh, my 
god. <laughs> just farm boy who's like, I can fucking do 26 it's miles. It's like, you guys think you're all special for running that far. I can do that in my sleep. Yeah. And he fucking does it. Yeah. I don't know. He, maybe he didn't place, but that's, that's just. still really funny, though. Because, yeah. like, you know, you've got all these marathoners who've probably been doing it for years, and, you know, here like, comes this guy. Like, like, blood doping and shit. Like, right yeah, I just heard about this <laughs> shit last night. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's pretty awesome. And I also heard about people, like, running full marathons, like, in their Birkenstocks and stuff. It's no. Nope. shit you not. Nope, I would not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't, dude, I would, I wouldn't run a marathon. No. Just, that's just me. I, no, I it's not just run. me. It's the majority like, of the population. Even if I was being chased, I, I probably wouldn't run. I'd be like, just just You'd be like, give me a minute, I got a stitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Michael Myers, stop. Wait. Just give me fucking time out, dude. Give me water, dude. <laughs> Fucking time out. I called it. It's in the rule book. You just you gotta, gotta wait. You just gotta. I mean, I realize I'm the white blonde girl that's supposed to die first, but can you just give me a minute? Give me a fair fight here. I can't breathe. I think I'm getting a, a calf cramp. Just come on. He's just like standing there with a knife in his hand. So he has like a banana in his pocket to give you I potassium. Or like a packet that's of mustard. Like here. Mm-hmm. Here. Pickle juice. Here we go. <laughs> and it's on. Time oh, off. Oh, God. Okay, so anyway, let's let's finish up. Poor little baby is there. <laughs> oh my gosh, this poor little baby is getting. Like, is it no Azaria respect. or Azaria? Left. Okay, up. Oh, Here we go. The left. We're gonna go with up. Okay, so <clears throat> let me see. Let me see. Um, so it took eighteen months and two coronial inquests to result in Lady Lindy. I always want to say Lady Lindy Chamberlain being committed to trial for murdering her baby daughter. Michael was charged with being an accessory after the fact, mm-hmm. which is terrible, awful. So this is where I found it on October 29th, A heavily pregnant Lindy. Ugh, I hate that term. It's terrible. She was found guilty of first degree murder and sent to prison for life. Michael was giving an eighteen month suspended sense- sentence. And um, less than a month later, Lindy gave birth to Kalia, Kalia, K-A-H-L-I-A. Kalia. Kalia. I think she should have gone with Kalua, but that's just me, whatever. And who, despite an appeal, was removed at birth and sent to live with foster parents. So we don't really know what happened to her. I know. Because, well, Michael was in prison as well at that point. That sucks. Yes, bad. Sucks big Donkey dicks. Dingo dicks. Big dingo Kangaroo dicks. Mm. What's the name of that cliff? Kangaroo yeah. cliff? No, the... Monkey Mesa? No, the one in Australia, Australia that guy fell off of where they found the... Oh, um, Ayers Rock. Ayers Rock? Yeah. So you know how they have um, Rocky Mountain oysters? Do they have Ayers Rock oysters? <laughs> yes. It's just dingo balls? Dingo balls. <laughs> <laughs> It's like caviar for Australians. Oh, no. I'm sure they have real caviar. Like, real good caviar there. There? Maybe. Maybe. They've got a lot of, I don't know. They have a really good food culture there. Not like anything Do they? we have. They eat yeah. dingo balls. I don't think so. They probably don't eat dingo balls. Well, you I said it, so it must be true. It up. No, I've seen a lot of um, videos and things like that. They have a great food culture there. Like, I want to live there just for the food. Uh, that's probably where I don't need to be. No, I don't know. They're, they're a lot more better quality than American food. I don't know, dude. I've been watching. <laughs> this is weird. Um, I've actually been watching, like, this, like, makeover show thing in Australia. And it's, like, <laughs> what is it? It's, like, from, like, 
from fat to fit or something. They're not afraid to call people the fat word. No. Even though Americans are all fat, they don't call us fat. But they should because we are. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's, I mean, what else are you going to say? But, yeah, they're talking about all sorts of shit that they eat that's not good for you. That's not good quality. There is fast food everywhere. I know, but I'm talking about, like, their actual, like, sit-down restaurants and things like that. They oh, have, like, probably really better. good food. Yeah. I'm not... You mean it's I, not I all Applebee's and Chili's? It's not all Applebee's and Chili's, like it is here. But I'm, like, I'm not talking about, like, you know, the fast food. When I talk about, like, their food culture there, mm-hmm. I'm talking, like, their actual restaurants. Like, their seafood restaurants, their Ugh. Asian restaurants, Ugh. their... No, I'm kidding. You like Asian food? Oh, my God. I'm going to slap the shit out of you. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. Maybe. Mm, no. But just like the restaurants I've seen there, they look really good. And it's just, it seems like it's also a lot easier to um, have better options. As opposed to here. I like to think so. Where it's not easy to have better options. Did you ever hear about the Wallaby War in Australia? Yes. You did? Yes. Okay, because I, I was no, I think it was a kangaroo war, wasn't it? Uh, was it wallaby or kangaroos? I can't remember. I, I just listened to a podcast about it a few months ago. They were going over it, mm-hmm. um, and it's, the podcast is is called "Stuff You Should Stuff You Didn't Learn in History Class." I believe is what yeah. it's called. And uh, yeah, they talked about it, and basically <laughs> the fucking <laughs> they fucking won. They went. They went military. They went. The military fucking got involved, and they got some deep shit for doing it because some guy is just like fuck these motherfuckers they are ravaging our land and they just went on a fucking spree well, like, have and you killed seen a red kangaroo those things are beefy. the buff ones the ones that walk yeah. around like, like he's on muscle beach and shit like seriously mm-hmm. like arnold schwarzenegger back in his, his lifting days mm-hmm. that's a kangaroo i know like, they're crazy terrifying or do we dare bring up lewis they have Lewis. Lewis was my wallaby. And he was the sweetest little wallaby, but he would box you. Yeah, he was cool. <laughs> like, he was way cool. Oh, Lewis. Yeah, that was sad. He was happy. He was. We all took really good care of him. So. Okay, so anyway, so I'm going to wrap this up because okay. I don't know what our it's problem is. It, is. it is a total bummer, and I'm like, I feel like I didn't really do it justice. Um, I just kind of got the story out there. But yeah, you know, the whole phrase, the dingo ate my baby. It's a real fucking story. And there was a real baby that died yeah, behind it. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like you use that phrase all the time, kind of. Like, always in a joking way. Oh, the dingo ate my baby. But it's a real, like, it's fucking serious. And, you know, these poor parents were found guilty of murdering their kid. Well, what's really sad, I don't know really what happened to Lindy afterwards. She was, they were both uh, eventually released, after, especially after the, um, the the jacket was found. Yeah. And they were, um, but they were, okay, so Lindy was released from jail at, and a royal commission set up. Um, and the, the pair were cleared of any involvement in Azaria's death after a 14-month inquiry. Oh. It was determined that there was no evidence to, to support that she was taken by a dingo. So they still didn't fucking believe her. But they found the jacket out in the middle of nowhere. Of nowhere, yeah. Yeah, so, so much sense. Um, <clears throat> so the Chamberlains were granted a pardon, but they were still not declared innocent. That took a new act of parliament to be passed to allow them to return to court to clear their names. On September 15th, 1988, the Northern Territory Supreme Court quashed all convictions and declaration and declared them innocent. So it took them eight years. Oh, fucking I can't eight, even which is actually, which is way faster than the American yeah. judicial system, but, but still, still, that's a fucking huge chunk of time. So I just really quickly wanted to go over poor Michael. He was the husband. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So they they got a lot of money for it, but who fucking cares? I mean, your kid's missing, and you've had you know your kid was given away while you were in jail. Like it's bad. Um. <clears throat> so Michael eventually, I guess they got divorced. I don't know what happened to Lindy really, but um, she was she was alive twenty five on the twenty fifth anniversary of Azaria's death, and she said, please don't lose sight of the fact that this is a real case with a real child and real family behind all the court cases and media attention. Yeah. So that's, uh, that is something to actually think about. I mean, we fucking joke and kid, but reality is it's a baby that died. And people did, they overlooked the family's personal trauma. And one of the chamber, so remember I was talking about how they were rumoring that one of the little boys yeah. was involved. Well... Uh, I guess Aiden, he was the older boy, the six-year-old. He was angered, angry with life by the rumors is what his mother said. And they said that we hoped Aiden didn't know about the rumors about him, but of course he did find out. And she, I don't know. It's just, it's really, it's just the whole thing is bad. And poor Michael, eventually, I think, um, Michael, what, he, I, I don't know if they got divorced or what happened. I mean, that's a lot of shit to go yeah, through in a marriage. But Michael Chamberlain, he lived only 1,672 days beyond the final inquest that defined Azaria's actual cause of death. Oh my God. Yes. And, and so by about then, he had started living another heartache. His second wife, her name was Ingrid Bergner, um, who he married in 1996, had a massive stroke. And so she was just completely paralyzed and needed care in every single way possible. So he goes through all this shit, and then his second wife has this terrible yeah. stroke. Trying to, she was profoundly disabled, is what he said. And um, they were taking care of her. And then um, after that, but not long after that, he was diagnosed with leukemia. And that's how this fucking guy died. That is awful. I, that's that a terrible. That is a life tragic, tragic life. Like, man. For everybody involved, that is a terrible fucking life to live. Yeah. God. That really sucks. So really, it just makes me, it makes me incredibly, incredibly mad. Yes. And, um, I, Lindy's still alive as, at the time that this article was written. And, um, it's just, the whole thing was fucking terrible. And I don't want to talk about it anymore because it's really sad. (laughs) That poor guy's life, man. It's horrible. Like, they don't talk about, like, what happened to the other kids. Like, yeah. did she ever get her baby back? That's what I want to know. Because there's no reason she shouldn't have her baby back. I think back. she had the baby in, like, 1984. Or yeah. 1980. It was either two years or four years afterwards. Mm-hmm. So, can you imagine finding out you're pregnant and going through all this? I'm, I'm surprised she didn't lose the baby with all the stress. I'm actually really surprised she didn't lose it. Like... Stress is the worst thing that you could have when you're pregnant. So I do wonder. So that, you know, all her kids are in their 30s, going into the, maybe even their 40s now. Yeah. And it makes you wonder what kind of lives they're leading. Well, I hope that they turned it into something good. Like, truly, because... And I know it makes you wonder if they got into drugs or if yeah. they, like, rose above it and became successful in their lives. I really hope they rose above it. Like, just... I feel like they deserve that much. Yeah. They really do. It's really depressing. I've actually recently, 
uh, t- to make it all about me, of course. Um, <laughs> I've been having real bad issues with like watching certain things and I, um, I can't handle it anymore. Like I've always been one to like watch a horror movie and just be fine with it. Yeah. Um, or watch like really just super like disturbing shit and be fine with it. And there's been a few things like this new show that Jeremy and I have started. It's called, um, designated survivor. Uh-huh. It's very political and it's very upsetting for me. Like I just don't, it's like almost too much. Like I get really upset when I watch it and yeah. I finally like, I had to walk away from it for a little bit. Cause I was like, this is just too real, too much. Like I don't like it. There was another opening sequence to this like show that he was watching. There's some fucking like alien conspiracy show or whatever. Uh-huh. And the opening sequence were all these tragic things that human beings do to each other, like in the news. And I fucking just started bawling. Like I couldn't handle it anymore. Yeah. I've just gotten to a point where I'm just, I can't, well, it's like it keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And mm-hmm. one thing that I, you know, I think is really like prominent and, you know, all of this is like we don't, back before like social media and things like that, we wouldn't see as many stories as we see now. It's true. And I mean, not even when it was just MySpace, we would never see that kind of shit on MySpace. Because there wasn't news feeds. It because, was just yeah. Well, you had your like your, your little update things and whatever. And that was one thing, but it wasn't with, like now. Yeah. It's nothing like what Facebook is now. And it's like every other person is posting some news article. And I've got a couple of friends on my friends list who I'm actually going to delete because it's like, Everything they post is a news article about some kid dying or, you know, one thing or another. And I'm like, or some shit that how the do president's you guys live doing like or that? something? Yeah. Well, I don't care about the president. I, I don't even read those ones or anything. But when I see like a, a news article, the about headlines are enough for me right now to tell the truth. I just ignore them. I'm Super like, fuck Trump. He's a piece thing. of shit. Whatever. And that's not going to get any better because there's so many people who still believe in him. And I, I think don't. that's why I'm having a hard time with this show, Designated Survivor, because I keep thinking about what our president would do in those situations and it's it's, yeah. me. <laughs> it's really bad. Yeah. He's an idiot. I'll tell you. Um, but uh, I'm not a fan. That's fucking true. It's like, I don't understand how these people that's all they post, literally like, if I went through their, depressing. their timelines or their page, it's mm-hmm. like every post is just news articles after news articles about sex offenders and kids and things like that. For the I'm past like, year, I've stopped watching the news and I sat down and watched yeah. the news for the first time ever in like uh, in like in about a year, almost a year. And it was like, I was like, what the fuck? I can't believe I used to start my day off with that yeah. every single day. Right. It's awful. It's I don't even watch the news anymore. It's like, I just read the headlines and I'm good. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I get the gist of this. Unless it's something really interesting, but it's just like, eh, but I'm happier well, for it. Even last night, Mark, I, Mark came up to me and he was like, why are there over 50 people listening to the Washington County scanner scanner mm-hmm. for, you know, where we live? And I was like, I have no idea. It's a Saturday night. I mean... Could be anything. Could be anything. Turns out that there was a hit and run off of... I think it was Bluff mm-hmm. or Dixie Dixie Downs, Dixie Drive or something like that. It's in St. George. And the woman died. Like... Oh, shit. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. So they've been looking for her or for who hit her. And I was just like, man. And stuff like that doesn't happen around here very often. No, it doesn't. We at all. I don't think we've really talked about where we live. Um, We live in southern Utah, for those of you that don't know. And it's a very small, tight-knit county. Like, just the whole county. Safe place. We live in a bubble. We do. That's for sure. Um, we, We both have lived. We were friends in Washington State. 
And, uh, and that Jeremy place is and a I, garbage fire. Let me tell you, <laughs> Yelm. It's, uh, it's different. It's a different place. Yeah, I do miss Washington State on some level, but yeah. um, but we are very fortunate to live where we live, and uh, so yeah, a hit and run. That's the biggest thing going on around here. Oh, I mean, yeah. there are some bad shit that happens. Oh yeah, definitely. Of course, every community has some really terrible things. Exactly. That like a couple of years ago, we had that police shooting that was literally a block away from my house while my kid mm-hmm. was playing with the neighbor kid outside. Yeah, you know, in the front yard, and who's to say like there wouldn't be a stray bullet. But with that, with that being said, that's like the first time that's happened in years, years and years and years. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's like the, it's like the most, like, I don't want to say exciting, but at the same time, it's the only thing that comes to mind. It's like exciting, mm-hmm. excitable well, thing that's exciting happened. Exciting doesn't have to mean happy. No, and exciting it means wasn't happy. Just like it gets you going. It's your blood pumped. Yeah, you know? exactly. And it was in July. And it was hot outside, but, you know, the kids were outside playing, and I was trying to keep my eye on because Ariel was still pretty young. Think and... Australia is kind of like where we live? Because we live in a pretty, like, um, hot as fuck with dangerous shit kind of place. You know, I don't know. I do know somebody who lives in Australia, though. We I also think of it as being very deserty, like ours. Yeah, maybe. We can always ask her. She lives in Perth. Which I think, it might rain more in Perth. Yeah, maybe. Well, is Perth on the coast? I don't fucking know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm I'm sure that there's like many different climates. You know, mm-hmm. Australia is huge. It's it ridiculously huge. Be, you know, desert and dry. I know it does rain a lot there though. So, anyways, okay, Brittany, what do you want to talk about today? We're already a fucking hour in. Oh my god. Oh my god, we really are. I we're talking a lot today. I know. I'm going to talk about the mystery of the Summerton Man. Cool. I love the Summerton Man. It's like, as far as mysteries go, um, I've seen a lot of things on it. I've heard a lot of things on it. But it's like, everything that I've seen and I've heard isn't any different than what I found off of Wikipedia. And I watched this one, like, kind of like news special on it that, oh, there we go. Yeah. Sorry. Climate of Australia. Really fucking hot and a lot of desert. There we go. Yep. Anyways, um, I've seen like a lot and I watched this uh, news special on it from like, the 70s or 80s or something. I think it was the 70s. And it's just like watching it. I was like, huh. They knew nothing about video. They knew nothing about audio. This is like <laughs> legit from the 70s. It was awesome. like anytime it was like zoomed out, like he was talking mm-hmm. like at a distance, it was so echoey. I was like, oh, how did this happen? And you can like hear all the waves crashing and the crashing of the waves is like almost louder than he is. <laughs> it's just... It was really fun to watch, let me tell you. That's cool. So, um, the mystery of the Summerton Man is also known as the Tamam Shud. Yes. Tamam Shud case. It's Tamam Shud. Tamam Shud. Because it's T-M-A-M. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, and that's um, Persian for ended or finished. Mm-hmm. And um, so he was... Uh, oh, okay, let me, let me get to where I... Oh was and not fall flat on my face an unidentified man um was found at 6 30 a.m on december 1st in 1948 Mm -hmm. which is almost like 80 years ago now right i don't know i don't math well 70 or 80 years ago it's a long time ago because it's 2017 now yeah that's a long time ago like 79 years you said 1948? Yeah. 
69 years. 69. Damn it. Anyway, Nine. so that was 69 years ago. Um, he was found on Somerton Beach, just south of Adelaide. Um, the He had a little scrap of paper that was found in, like, his watch pocket, in the mm-hmm. fob pocket, that had that Tamam Shudder, whatever. I can't say it properly. And it was torn from a copy of the Ruby Yacht of Omar Khayyam. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. That's a hard one. It was a really hard mm-hmm. one. Um, so they do have a picture that the police took of the corpse. Mm-hmm. Very nice, right? Mm-hmm. Very nice. But it's just, it's He's so hot. weird. <laughs> so he was, he was found on the beach. Yes. By the okay. cement wall laying on his back, but his head, just his head, was up against the cement wall. Mm-hmm. And on him... They found that little scrap of paper. All of the tags on his clothes had been torn off, mm-hmm. you know, removed. Um, he had, like, he had some cigarettes in, like, um, what's it called? Uh, an army club cigarette packet containing seven Kensita's cigarettes. So, mm-hmm. back then, during the war with the rationing, they would take, like, cheaper cigarettes, but put them in, like, the packs for, like, the more mm-hmm. expensive cigarettes. That might have also been the case here. He was also found with an unlit cigarette just, like, on the collar of his coat. Like he was getting ready to light a cigarette. Like he was getting ready to light a cigarette. Um, he, he had, like, a quarter box full of matches, a narrow aluminum American comb, he had a uh, bus ticket from the city that could not be proved to have been used. And they also found an unused second-class rail ticket from Adelaide to Henley Beach. Um, witnesses who came forward say that on the evening of the 30th, they had seen an individual resembling the dead man lying on his back in the same spot and position near the crippled children's home. Where the corpse was like, it's like right out from the home. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple who saw him around 7 p.m. noted that they saw him extend his right arm to its fullest extent and then drop it limply. Another couple who saw him from 7.30 to 8 p.m. during or another couple had saw him at that time during which, you know, the streetlights come off and they said that they didn't see him move during the entire half hour. They figured he was like drunk and That's what I'm thinking. I was thinking they probably just thought he was some drunk and they were ignoring him. And they thought it was weird that he wasn't moving because he wasn't reacting to, like, any of the mosquitoes or bugs or, you know, anything like that. But then that's when they were like, he's either dead or he's drunk, but most likely he's drunk. Turns out he's dead. (laughs) Nothing to say here, (laughs) folks. Just keep on moving. Um, so witnesses said the body was in the same position when the police got there. So, Mm -hmm. you know, he was dead. Another witness came forward more than ten years later, so in 1959. Um, and reported to the police that he and three other three other men or people had seen a well dressed man carrying another man along his or on his shoulders along the Summerton Beach the night before the body was found. Um, according to the pathologist, the man was of more of a British appearance, thought to have been about forty to forty five years old, in really good physical condition. He was about five eleven. Uh, broad shoulders, narrow waist. They thought he might have, you know, been a dancer because of, like, how his toes were formed into a wedge. Mm -hmm. So either someone who was a dancer or um, wore a lot of, like, pointy cowboy shoes. Shoes? Mm -hmm. Boots? I I tried to put shoes and boots together. Boots? 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 (laughs) Boots? 
Um, Sounds German. <laughs> They're German shoes. It's fine. Um, so he must be German. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, they also said that he could have been a um, medium to long distance runner as well, just because of his physical condition and his feet. He wow, was, really? Yeah. Um, he was dressed in a white shirt, a red and blue tie, brown mm-hmm. trousers, socks and shoes, and a brown knitted pullover, and a fashionable gray and double gray and brown double-breasted jacket. Um, like I said, all of the clothes had been, you know, the labels had been removed. So we don't know where they came from. So no idea. Um, he was uh, clean-shaven and he didn't have a wallet on him, which is probably, you know, pretty key. Probably jumped in a dumpster somewhere? Well, it's pretty key since, you know, we don't know who he is to this day. Um, but the other thing is, is he didn't have a hat, which was super unusual for that time, for the 40s. Yes, you always had your head covered. That was part of being dressed. Exactly. So he had no hat. Oh, I burped a little bit. I'm sorry. Um, he also... You know, his um, teeth didn't match any of the dental records anywhere. Like... Like he had never been to a dentist? Like he had never been to a dentist, basically. Or the dentist that he'd been to never kept any record. Which I could... It's 1948. Totally different time. Yeah. You so, know? like, there's probably there's probably still a record somewhere, and we, they just didn't know how to find it. Yeah, exactly. Um, because he carried no identification, that led police to believe it was a suicide. Mm. But this is the autopsy. Oh, wait. The coroner remarked that if the body had been carried to its final resting place, then, quote, unquote, all the difficulties would disappear. I have no idea what that means, but that's literally that sentence. Say that again. Coroner Cleland remarked that if the body had been carried to its final resting place, then, quote, all the difficulties would disappear. I have no idea what that means. Hmm. Explain yourself, coroner. So the autopsy was conducted, and the pathologist estimated the time of death at around 2 a.m. on December 1st. The heart was of normal size, um, totally just normal. Mm-hmm. Um, small vessels not commonly observed in the brain were easily discernible because they were congested with blood. Okay. There was congestion of the pharynx and the gullet was covered with whitening of superficial layers of the mucosa with a patch of ulceration in the middle of it. Um, there was... The stomach was deeply congested. There was congestion in the second half of the duodenum. There was blood mixed with the food in the stomach. Do you think that this is all um, consistent with just death in general? Like, no. no? Like, so, like, he had some sort of trauma. I'm just trying to... Go ahead. Nope. There was no trauma. There's no way there would have been trauma. If there was trauma, there would be bruising on the, like, on the skin. What about us? Order asphyxiation, maybe? Mm. Asphyxiation, usually your eyeballs blow out too. Even if you have a pillow over your face? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, both kidneys were congested and the liver contained a great excess of blood in its vessels. The spleen was three times the normal size and there was destruction of the center of the liver um, revealed under the uh, microscope, acute gastritis hemorrhage. Extensive, extensive congestion of the liver and spleen and congestion to the brain. So, um, 
What they think is it was an undetectable poison. Oh, shit. Yeah, so they think it was an undetectable poison, and because if he was actually carried there, and he, if he was poisoned somewhere else and then carried to the beach to die, yeah, they think that he would have vomited at the other place and not oh. at the beach. And that's why, you know, I mean, it's an undetectable poison, so it's like, it's it's still like, I don't it almost seems far-reaching, but not so much with, like, all of this data, because there's no, like... The way that, like, just the blood vessels, it's just mainly blood vessels that are getting bigger and, you know, congesting, and then the whole, like, um, Fairnix thing, and um, it's just... It's really interesting, because yeah. I've, I've heard of this case, and that's the first time I've heard that. Oh, okay. So that's that's really fascinating to me. It does make a lot of sense. Yeah. Huh. Um, and it actually kind of supports my theory of who and what he was. The pathologist concluded that he said, I am quite convinced that the death could not have been natural. The poison I suggested was a barbiturate or a soluble hypnotic. Really? Yeah. So like something some like a fucked up acid or something. Yeah. Like a psychedelic maybe? Maybe. It's just something really hard. Um, so the food that was found in his Stomach was a pasty. Pasty. I don't know what they call it. It's those little meat pie things. Yeah, right? exactly. Those are fucking good. So that was the food that they found mixed with blood in his stomach, but they don't think that the poison was in the food. Okay. So that was one thing that kind of came about. Maybe it was too. in his drink, or he was maybe maybe, maybe was injected, injected something. Airborne. I have no something. idea. Um, the body was embalmed on December 10th after police were unable to get a positive identification. Um, in 1949, on January 14th, so, like, a month and a half after he was found dead, staff at the Adelaide Railway Station discovered a brown suitcase with its label removed, Mm. which had been checked into the station cloakroom after 11 a.m. on November 30th. Huh. So, this day of, basically. Mm Mm-hmm. It was believed that the suitcase was owned by the man found on the beach. In the case, there were a red-checked dressing gown, a size 7 red felt pair of slippers, four pairs of underpants, pajamas, shaving items, a light brown pair of trousers with sand in the cuffs, Hmm. an electrician's screwdriver, a table knife cut down to a short, sharp instrument, a pair of scissors with sharpened points, a small square of zinc thought to have been used to protect as a protective sheath for the knife and scissors, and a stenciling brush. Um, they thought it was weird because there were no socks. Like, there were no socks in the suitcase at all. You know, just stuff like that. Um, they think that, um... I wonder if underwear included undershirts. Maybe. Because that would be, that would be part of your daily. Yeah, exactly. Socks, undershirts. Um, they think that he might have spent some time, um, on merchant ships because of the stuff that he had. Um, he also had a thread card of Barber brand orange wax thread, and that was used to, um, a, on a pair of pants that he was wearing when he was found. It was used to, like, repair them. They could oh. match that. And it's not available in Australia, the type of thread that that was. Right. It he's was obviously just, not from there. Yeah, he's obviously not from there at all. Um, all identification marks on the clothes in the suitcase had been removed, but... 
The police found the name T. Keen on a tie, Keen on a laundry bag, and Keen without, because the first two had an E on the end, mm-hmm. a Keen without an E on a singlet, along with three dry cleaning marks. Um, police believed that whoever removed the clothing tags purposely left a Keen on the clothes, knowing yeah. that Keen was not the dead man's name. Seems sloppy. Yeah. But they also noted that the tags that were left were the only ones that could not have been removed without damaging the clothes. So, so but, I mean, he, he could have used an alias. Yeah, easily. Easily. Um, they, a search concluded that there was no T. King me missing in any English-speaking country, and a nationwide circulation of the dry cleaning marks also proved fruitless. So, I mean, they, can't, they couldn't figure out where the dry cleaner, cleaner tags were from to determine where he was from. Which is pretty shitty. Um, police checked the incoming train records and believe the man had arrived at the Adelaide Railway Station overnight mm-hmm. um, from either Melbourne, Sydney, or August- Port Augusta. Uh, he did some bathing at the city baths. Well, yeah, because the city baths are like right across from the train station. Okay. At least that's what I'm getting from this article, or what I've They're close. deduced. Yes, it says adjacent. Yeah, so, so I'm sure like a lot of dock workers, like that's where they would go to yeah. take a nice hot shower. Yeah, or people or, who are traveling just because it's right across from. Yeah, the, especially in 1948, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't think that showers and stuff would be as readily available on a cargo, like when you're traveling by ship. Exactly. Um, but the thing is about the city baths, it's just a public swimming pool. It's not like an actual like bathhouse. Hmm. So it's like he went over there to to shave and clean up a little bit, thinking that like it might have YMCA been a bathhouse. Like type of thing? Yeah, kind yeah. of. Um, so, they went through, they did their autopsy, they tried to find anything that they could, they couldn't get anything off of his fingerprints even later on. Um, because a lot of his body had been, you know, embalmed in formaldehyde, DNA testing today wouldn't help at all. Hmm. Because yeah, makes the, form, the formaldehyde um, destroyed the, the tissues. Bad. Yeah, been contaminated. Um, there was the book. So the connection of the Rubiat. They found that piece of paper that was torn mm-hmm. out of the book. Right. And on the back of the paper, it didn't say anything. And then, um, and it they, was type printed. Right? It was type printed. Okay. They um, basically put out a nationwide search for this book with the page torn out. They wanted to know. They wanted to know where it came from. They thought it was their only clue. Um, they found the book, and it was a translation, a New Zealand translation, from what you know I gathered here. And the man that had the book basically said he found it in the back of his car at one point and he didn't realize you know until a few years later that that was the book that was needed for the connections they were able to do like a rub thing on the last on the back cover part Mm -hmm. and they got a phone number and like this weird code thing and they've still to this day have not been able to decipher the code so who fucking knows um the phone number turned out belonged to a nurse who had no idea how this piece of paper from this book, you know, got into the dead man's pocket, but mm-hmm. she also didn't know how the book got into this man's hands who had it, you know, then. 
um, because she had the book. She worked as a nurse during the war and had, you know, one of her patients there, she, you know, they would, you know, read the passages because it's basically a book of poetry. Right. They would read the passages and she put her phone number in there and, you know, just all that kind of stuff. But basically she had no connection Mm -hmm. other than the fact that she owned the book years before, but no longer did. Um, it was found, you know, in the real, it says in the rear footwell of the car about the same time the body of the unidentified man had been found. So somebody got a hold of the book, they ripped the page out, and then they threw it into somebody's car. That's basically it. Hmm. Um, there was one other, this is, this is basically the code that they found. Okay. So they've got one, two, three, four, five lines of random letters. And the second line is crossed out. It's really similar to the fourth line. And they think that might be part of why it's crossed out. Mm-hmm. But it's just nobody's been able to cipher it. And they've actually had people recently working on ciphering it. Deciphering it. What's the word for that? Deciphering? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Because if it was ciphered in the first place, yeah. then you need to decipher it. Exactly. Okay. Um, but they think that it that it's just so like encrypted that they may never be able to do it. Especially if they have no idea what language mm-hmm. exactly. it's going off of. It kind of reminds me of like the Navajo code talkers. Yeah. Which we could talk about one time. That'd Ooh, be cool. That would be really cool. Because I have a lot of respect for those people. Fucking A. Hell yeah. Um, so there is a theory about the, um, like a spy affiliation. There's the word. I did it right. (laughs) I think he was a spy. Um, There has been persistent speculation that the dead man was a spy due to the circumstances and historical context of his death. One such theory concerns Alf Boxall, who was reportedly involved in intelligence work during and immediately after World War II. In 1978, television interview interviewist Stuart Littlemore says, Mr. Boxall, you have been working. Hadn't you... In an intelligence unit before you met this young woman who was a nurse, I think. Did you talk to her about it at all? And he said no. And then if... That part's a little bit confusing, so that's not even that important. Basically, he says, no, I had nothing to do with this. I didn't kill this guy because you guys are really far-reaching at this point. But it's a possibility. I wonder if he had an alibi. He... mm, Boxall's service records suggest that he served initially in the Fourth Water Transfer Transport Company before being seconded to North Australia Observer Unit. Um, it's it's possible. He, he, it says here he rose pretty rapidly in rank, being promoted from Lance Corporal to Lieutenant within three months. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty big jump, so. Afterwards, I mean, the Salvation Army buried his body for him and, um, in Adelaide's West Terrace Cemetery, they had, like, a little service for him and things like that, which is, you know, really nice. There was a woman years after who was basically just started leaving flowers on his grave out of nowhere for no reason. And once they, you know, realized that somebody was leaving flowers there, they waited until they could, you know, mm-hmm. catch her. And they were like, well, what do you know about this man? She's like, I don't know anything about him. Uh, maybe. Yeah, they were fucking and she's probably <laughs> <laughs> Um, The 
Um, so about the same time that happened, there was a receptionist from the Strathmore Hotel, which is opposite of the Adelaide Railroad Station. Uh, she revealed that a strange man had stayed in room 21 or 23 for a few days around the time of the man's death, around the time he was found. And she recalled that he was English-speaking and only carrying a small black case, not unlike one a musician or a doctor might carry. Hmm. That's very too, like, too very, like, far ends of the spectrum there. Yeah. <laughs> like, a doctor or a musician. Well, like, just like a small... Yeah. Which I get, but... Hmm. On November 22nd, 1959, it was reported that E.B. Collins, an inmate of New Zealand's, um, Wanganui... Oh my god, I murdered that so hard. Prison. It's <laughs> <laughs> alright, it's a prison. Nobody claimed, cares. <laughs> yeah. He claimed to know the identity of the dead man. Um, there's been numerous unsuccessful attempts in 60 years since its discovery to crack the letters found at the rear of the book, so mm-hmm. that code, um, including efforts by military and naval intelligence, mathematicians, and amateur code crackers. In 2004, a retired detective suggested in a Sunday Mail article that the final lines could stand for the initials of it's time to move to South Australia, Mosley Street. The former nurse lived in Mosley Street, which is the main road through that town. I think it sounds like um, a lot of, uh, what is it, uh, suggestion? Like, yeah. had the power of suggestion yeah. was, was put into his method, maybe? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, too. Um... I don't think there was too much more of note. Oh, so there was a few people who thought that they could positively identify the man, and none of them were true. The most recent one was in 2011, an Adelaide woman contacted biological anthropologist. We'll say that ten times fast. Biological anthropologist. (laughs) Biological anthropologist. Um, (laughs) That's fun. I I don't know how to say this name. Can I see? M-A-C-I-E-J. I've never seen that before in my life. Yeah. Massage? 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 Massage. Henneberg about an identification card of an H.C. Reynolds that she had found in her father's possessions. The card, a document, a document issued in the United States to foreign seamen during the World War One, was given to Henneberg in October of 2011. That's when Ariel was born. <laughs> um, for comparison of the I, of the ID photograph that of to that of the Somerton man. Um, they found a lot of similarities in the nose, lips, and eyes, um, but the ear was. Oh yeah, he had Way a weird different. ear. Yeah, he, he did. He had like little points, didn't he? Um, there's a picture of it actually right here. So this is his ear, and this is the ear that they were trying to compare it to that didn't match when everything else did. Yeah, that's a saggy old man ear. Yeah, it's just, it's it's very different. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically to this day, that code has been non-cipher give it to ariel i bet she'll crack it oh my god i know right (laughs) but it hasn't been deciphered yet there's still no idea on who this man was and they couldn't even even if he had family they couldn't even track it through dna because of the formaldehyde you know destroying all the dna um how he actually got there we don't know security cameras weren't a thing back then Mm -hmm. um the bystander effect was still a pretty big deal back then um it's just 
It's a big old mystery of a Somerset man. It's really interesting that you brought that up because um, I was just talking about this maybe two or three days ago with a... The bystander effect? No, oh. about the Somerton man. Oh, really? Yeah, like uh, like with a coworker of mine, mm-hmm. we had that giant windstorm blow through and always, those always make me fucking really anxious. And suddenly I just started like talking and telling my life story and we started talking about it. Um, <laughs> I know, weird. But he, uh, him and I were both talking about that and uh, it's interesting you brought that up. Because I, that case is so fascinating to me. I really do think that he was a spy. Yeah, I really think that he was a yeah. spy. I don't think he's from America. No, I think he might have been from, um, I think, like Poland, Eastern Europe. Because of the Rubiet. Mm-hmm. I think Poland is a major connection. Well, you want to know something interesting about that book is that there was very, very limited copies out there. Yes. I think, like, very limited copies. And so the fact that he would even have... Well, it was also... It was more copy. limited mm-hmm. in, like the native language but like around that time translations were becoming more prominent so that way you know people in different countries could read them so the book that it was taken from was actually a new zealand somebody had you know translated that lived in new zealand and published it there and this happened in australia so who knows though yeah who new knows zealand is a hop skip and a jump away that really. is true and i mean what else what, i mean i don't know it's a very interesting it really is and it's just it kind of like brings up so many questions as far as you know well why didn't they look at this why didn't they look at that and of course it was it was a totally different time 1948 is you know yeah it's it's almost like it's centuries away it was all gumshoe detective work exactly like basically roger rabbit could have probably helped (laughs) fucking love Roger Rabbit. I love Roger Rabbit. Dude, I wanted to be Jessica Rabbit so bad when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I always liked the really slutty characters. Yeah. I really did. One time. Like Blanche on the Golden Girls. My favorite. I love her. One time in school we were making a list of like all the female cartoon characters, you know. Yeah. Just kind of being ridiculous and stupid and rating them on how good looking they were. And I'm reading through this list because I'd comment on it a little bit later. Reading through this list and all these guys are like, yeah, just pick your favorite, pick your favorite. And I'm like, why isn't Jessica Rabbit on this list? And they're like, holy fuck, how would we forget? Dude, I fucking love her, man. You know who else is really beautiful? Jasmine. The lady goldfish in Pinocchio. Yeah. She was with the eyelashes. And her flowy ass tail and shit. I was like, god damn, I want to be a fish. No, I don't want to be a fish. No, I don't either, but I'd want to be that fish. I feel like that whole fish eye thing, I would get really nauseous all the time. (laughs) Yeah, you might. (laughs) Anyways, um, we went for a really long time this time. Sorry, guys. We chit-chatted quite a bit. That's fine. Some people don't really mind. But I'm not putting all the points in here to where you can jump ahead. You can just deal with it. Sorry, guys. Sorry. I don't have time. We've got to go watch football. The game starts in like 20 minutes. That's right. And on that note, thanks for hanging out with us. Um, Em, I hope we did you, you know, a little bit of justice. If we didn't, I'm really sorry. I'm thinking Just we don't stop listening to us. did not. <laughs> no, we probably did I'm didn't. pretty sure I fucking butchered the shit out of that thing. Oh, I'm sure I did too. Um, but it's fine. We did I our best. I was a dingo to that fucking article. We, you didn't do too bad. We just, we went off to the side quite a bit. We really did. It might have made a difference if we didn't. <laughs> Maybe. And I, honestly, I'm so tired. I'm not on anything or I'm not I under know. any kind of influence. And I feel 
slightly stoned. I'm just so yeah. fucking tired and out of it, man. Um, so, sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so, my husband's called me. I'm betting yours is calling you, too, right? He's been texting me. He's asking uh, me what I want. For what? Is that, that's probably what Mark wants. Dinner. Yeah. I'm like, fucking figure it out yourself. <laughs> Does it look like I'm in the mood to do We're anything about that? Busy. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Alright, well thanks so much for listening, you guys. Um let us know if you have anything specific you want to hear from us later on. If not, we had a really good idea. What was it? Navajo code talkers. No, I thought we had another really good idea. We'll discuss it later. We'll figure it out. Alright, thank you guys. Bye bitches. Bye. Hey everyone, it's Brittany here. I just wanted to say thank you for listening to another episode of the All Things Strange podcast. I just wanted to let you know that we are all across social media doing everything that we can to get the word out. We do have our email um, all set up. So if you want to set in suggestions or if we're not on a platform that you want to listen to us on, I can do my best to get us on there. So the email is allthingsstrangepodcast at gmail.com. We are also All Things Strange Podcast on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, on SoundCloud, on iTunes. On Twitter, we are All Strange Pod. Um, because apparently All Things Strange Podcast was way too many letters for that specific platform. I mean, you only get so many. Um, but please go follow us on all those social medias. I'm going to try to be a lot more active on them because I want to hear from you guys and I want you to like see what we're doing all the time and everything like that. Make sure to share the posts with your friends, like, subscribe, rate, comment, be a part of our little family here because we want to grow. We want things to be amazing for you guys. We really do appreciate you Um, with our like four listeners out there. I know we don't have very many, but it's cool. You're one of us. You're, you know, you're here with us at the beginning. We love you. We appreciate it. Thank you so, so much. And we'll talk to you later.